All right, guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. We've got Patrick Reed, possible another lawsuit. Suing again. We've got Rory. Uh, <laughs> made, you know, some people not exactly happy with some of his decisions with the RBC this past week. No, I wonder how he feels about it. Has he come out yet? We will find out at the next major, I'm sure, the next big event. They're going to pepper him with those. I'm sure he's yep. going to get hit because I haven't seen the exact reason he missed it. But before we dig into all that, have you seen what's been going on in the world of the long drive? The back and forth. The back and forth. I the love it. The record setting. It's incredible. So Can't gonna, take your eyes off it. You, you, if, if you've missed <laughs> it, don't worry, because we're going to bring you up to speed right now. But long story short, you've got the big names, which have been Kyle Berkshire, Martin Borgmeyer, Martin, who we had on the show, I think it was just a couple months ago. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, just really incredible athletes and what they're able to do. But then we've got a new guy who kind of came out of nowhere and shook things up. Mm -hmm. But let's fill you in a little bit here because these two, especially Kyle and Martin, were just in in a in a good way, good competition, just driving each <laughs> other and just want they're wanting to one up each other has caused the world record in ball speed to be broken at an unbelievable pace. Yeah. So here, let's let's take you guys yeah. back for anybody who's missed this because you're going to want to follow this going forward. The story does not end here. I'm sure that these guys are going to continue on and pushing each other, and I'm very interested to see where the limit is. Yeah, where I mean, they how much more can they take it? Right, because these guys are absolutely pushing their bodies to the limit. In fact, we had last week on the show we had Dr. Troy Van Beesen. Even talking about from the PGA Tour side, mm -hmm. what they're doing over there, which we're still seeing some incredible ball speed, nothing like this. But he was telling us about the strain that it puts on the body and how you, it requires a lot of like building up the base in order to support that. He talked about the wrists. He talked about the lumbar spine. Go back and check out last week's episode if you missed it because it was a fantastic interview and really a lot of insight there. But going back last year, Kyle Berkshire pretty much was just it was a one man show when it came to ball speed so much as that i'm sure martin and some of the other guys were driving him to keep pushing himself but he kept breaking his own record so <laughs> going way back february 17th of last year kyle sets the record of 234.4 miles an hour in ball speed right uh -huh. in august he breaks his own record with 236 miles an hour and then he breaks it again december 16th 2022 236.2 miles an hour. So Kyle's just kind of pushing himself, pushing himself, yep. pushing himself. Now, for perspective, for anybody who doesn't watch long drive regularly, the guys on tour, the best, the longest hitters on tour, are getting ball speed in the somewhere in around the 180s. Yeah, yeah, 170s and 180s. Yep. Yeah. Now, mm -hmm. uh, they are using different equipment in long drive. Right. They're mm -hmm. using longer than regulation shafts and stuff. They have their own set of rules that they operate by. But it's not so different that you can't use it as a little bit of a perspective. These guys are still driving the same golf ball. True. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit of a longer shaft. Most of them are using the same heads. And I, think, I also think they're swinging a lot more freely than a guy who wants to keep the ball in play. Of right? course, mm -hmm. they are definitely swinging more freely. But I, when I say like a comparing equipment, but yeah, wise, you're right. Really, mm -hmm. the only difference, for the most part, are the shafts that they're using. Mm -hmm. So Kyle comes out. This is March 31st of this year. He he breaks his own record again, 236.8 miles an hour. Now, if you notice here, they're just ticking up by like less than one full mile right, an right. hour, 236 mile an hour. We've got a video of this one. Um, just 
incredible. Like, look, you can just look at this and see the force that he's putting yeah. into it. I love how they kick that front leg all the way out and bring it back like that. I'm going to start playing golf like that, I think. Dude, what brought this into perspective <laughs> for me is if you watch those numbers, the ball speed is rid ridiculous, but look at the club speed. Yeah. We're starting to get into a club speed of the 160s. Oh, my Now, God. my best, best drive, I'm getting 160 ball speed. Yeah. Ball speed. Ball speed. Now, if you think about like a smash factor, 1.5, mm -hmm. it's just you're taking the, the club head speed and multiplying it by one, you know, 1. 1.5 times. These guys are getting club speed like that. Not only that, they're doing it multiple times. So this is like a one-hit wonder. Over a 40 swing spread, he averaged, Kyle, in that session, averaged 160.6 club head speed. Jeez. Just to keep that up, man, that's got to be painful. And we're going to talk in a second about Martin, who tried to set a world record, an endurance record. Like The amount of times that they do this is incredible. So then Martin Borgmeier ent enters the chat mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> on April 2nd, and he breaks it astonishingly here, 239.3. Remember, we were ticking up by half mile an hour. He just jumped up by three mile an hour yeah. ball speed. And you can see in his reaction there how that would probably must have felt for him. Cause now it's like, forget it. Like he, he thinks yeah, I just that. beat Kyle's record by three. This has got to stand. It's got it. You would think. Absolutely. It didn't. <laughs> Kyle comes back the next day, 239.7 mile an hour. 239.7. Look at this. Oh, he gave it all there. Incredible. Boom. Look at the club speed. 165.8 the next day. Now, Come these guys fast. are such competitors. I would guarantee Kyle was in that simulator all day all until day. he hit it. All day. Absolutely. This is what I mean about driving each other. I'm thinking about like this is the best thing to me in sport is when you have multiple guys, not mm -hmm. just one dominant, multiple guys. I think back at like, you know, uh, Jack, Jack and Arnie. Yeah playing and pushing mm -hmm. each other or or think about like two phil what phil did to push tiger yeah totally all those years mm -hmm. or maris and mantle yeah yeah if you go back there absolutely right and that that uh, amazing summer when they were both chasing the the home run record absolutely you just think like if one guy didn't have the other guy to feed on mm -hmm. would we see the same records that we see this pushes them but now but now we've got a third player we've right? got a third player <laughs> who comes out of nowhere. Now, he's not been in the sport nearly as long. This is Seb Twadell. Comes from the clouds on this one and just breaks the record again. Now, this was after that This one, is right? This is after. This is April 7th. So this is just a few days after okay. Kyle reclaimed his record. Seb comes in 240.8 mile per hour ball speed. Almost, cr look at this guy. Almost uh, cracks 170 club speed. He gets 169.6 club yeah, speed. Look at the double whip here. Look at this. Whoa. Look when that that club gets into his backswing, the amount of, of bend on that shaft. Yeah. And trust me, these guys are not playing super, super whippy shafts. We had no. It was actually a cool insight. We had Martin on the show, and he said, you'd be surprised. It's not like they're playing super extra stiff. Yeah, right. Sometimes for them, a little extra whip, but they've got to time it oh, just perfectly. they got to smack it right face on. Did you see that club speed on that one, 169? 169. See, he almost hit 169. Now, some perspective. Seb, and you could tell from that video, he's a big guy. Double world record, by the way. 
He broke the ball speed and the club speed record so he got in both. one swing. Look at his, th- his <laughs> thighs are like trunks, man. He's Dude's six foot stacked. seven. Yeah, six seven. He's now we know beast. Martin is tall, Kyle is tall, oh. but six seven. Uh, what does he weigh, Zach? Did it say on there? He he weighs like two something. I saw an article that he weighs. I it's either two thirty or two fifty. Either way, he's a big boy. Big boy. But there doesn't. There's not much fat on that body. No. Did you, did you see that awesome. stat though? He said thirteen months in the sport and we're just getting started. So he's only been doing this for thirteen months. Right. That's the thing. Like, like really coming. In, he's all. He's he's oh just over a year into long drive and he came out with that. But th- what I'm saying is like it's follow these guys on social media because it is electric. The drama. It's fun. Just seeing these guys mm. go back and forth and just one upping each other and i i am excited for and i think this brings great publicity for the world long world long drive championship yep, totally um which was great last year when martin won it because you had bryson in there yeah it was enjoyable right? to watch now these guys all showing up and i want to see what they're going to end up doing and it yeah. shows that there's a lot of interest in the sport because if you go to seb's instagram he has like 2.2 million views on him breaking the double record yeah so a lot of people are hungry for this long drive yeah. content. Totally, yeah. I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. it, the the sport is just as golf itself. The sport, and I, I do consider it a slightly different sport. And even having Martin on, I remember him talking about it. He's saying, "I didn't want Bryson to win because Bryson's a golfer." You know, he he plays excellent golf as well. Yeah, you know, he can, we've seen him play on on the course. But he doesn't think of it as golf. It's like its own to them. It's its own animal. Sure, long yeah. drive is its own sport to them. Right, but. It's just incredible what's going on in the sport, and I think it's something we can all kind of take away and learn from the the physicality, what they're doing as far as how they're learning to use their maximize their body, maximize ground forces. I don't remember the exact thing, so don't quote me on this, but I remember speaking with one of the instructors when we were doing the swing cat, which measures your ground forces. And he said some of the long drive guys are putting like something like four to six times their body weight in force into the ground. These guys are putting a thousand pounds into the ground and, and that ground pushes back equally. Yeah. You know, similar, simple physics. I mean, that's how these guys drive that ball. If that wasn't impressive enough, you know, because you think, okay, I could muster up like enough to swing hard once, mm-hmm. right? The amount of times they do this. So this is another thing. Martin Borgmeier recently went after <laughs> the 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 world record for most balls over 300 yards in an hour, right? <laughs> most balls over the... So now, think, first that. of all, visualize yourself pumping 300-yard drives. The record was set in 2016... Lynn Ray um, set this out at uh, Riverwalk Golf Club in San Diego, California. He hit 459 balls over 300 yards in an hour. 469? 459. I'm just doing some calculations here. So, so wow. That's almost eight balls a minute. Over 300. Over 300. Over 300. <laughs> they got to think endurance and stuff. Those last yeah, couple. Yeah, Absolutely. So Martin goes out to the three hundred is probably just a soft poke for them. If you think about it. Well, they could yeah. swing their eighty percent. You you yeah. They, I mean, you, I'm not taking anything away from <coughs> two hundred yards. You'd think they they could because I cannot but do it. But endurance wise and also, like I said, keeping the ball like going straight. Right. You can lose a lot of yardage sure. if you're just spraying them because you're just smacking it. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be some technique to it. So Martin goes out there to try to break it, right? And if you haven't seen the video, watch the full video. Uh he did this with the DP World Tour. Um, and it, it's just, Oh, there's a video on this. Oh yeah. 
There's a, there's a, I thought it was just the news about it. I have to watch this. No, you have to watch this video. It's a 10-minute video. Okay. And you're just watching. He's working alongside of a guy who's teeing the ball up for him. And he's ha- he would he would hit about 20 to 30 in a row, take a second breather, and just ask how many were over 300 to see where he's at. Wow. But like you got he's doing this for an hour. Yeah. Running at full steam. This is this is gonna blow your mind. Oh, this is how on. many golf balls he hit in an hour. Six hundred and thirty. <laughs> So he hit more than eight a minute. Wow. He wow. hit 630. Unfortunately, he fell just short of the record. 401 of those went over 300 yards. Wow. 401. The thing I see from this, it, that record's not going to stand the 459. Because if these guys can follow yeah. this pattern, he's going to do it again. The only thing is, that is something that they've, these guys, this is their livelihood in their career. Mm-hmm. I would think that he's, and, and Martin was very, when we had him on, he was very smart about talking about how he works with his team and his doctors and all that mm-hmm, stuff. Right. Because going back to what Troy said, what that strain that puts on the wrists and the forearms, I can only imagine that much because their training sessions can't look like that. They're not putting 600 no. balls in an hour. So no. I can only imagine they've only got so much in the tank to do that every so often, but getting that close, I'm calling it right now. I think Martin goes for it again. I think Martin beats I it. I think so. I think strategy for that is just baby cuts, just baby cut. Teed up, baby cut. Sure, casual 300-yard baby yeah, cut. Yeah, 305, 308, 310, 312, just cut. Well, cut. if you watch the video, he's not babying anything. Yeah, he's I bet. Ca- I think this guy's got one speed, and it's full. <laughs> I was going to ask, was he going full bore on all these he things? He was, Okay, dude. He right. was We're watching that. Full, thing, his full rip it swing mm-hmm. he was doing, and just like he would rip one ball on the tee, rip one. So anyway, go watch it. It's okay. worth a watch, yeah. but just incredible. So that's our PSA, that if you're not following this, Follow along. You're up to speed now. The current record is he- held by Sweb Twadell, 240.8 mile per hour ball speed, 169.6 club speed. Watch those guys. And you never know. There's a lot of guys who, who compete in that world long drive. Somebody else might come out of nowhere. Yeah, it's true. But Some rando out of nowhere. Yeah. I think that they should use the one hour, how many you can hit over 300 yards. And I think that should be like the long drive competitions. Yeah. I think give all the guys an hour, have five or six of them lined up with unlimited It'd be a balls. Cool little, like side event. Or, it would or, be so cool. And it, I think so many more people would enjoy watching that than just ooh. them hitting the long balls. Take an average and whoever hits the furthest average over an hour. Like I think that would be a really, really cool event. And especially with all these guys that are constantly breaking the record. Yeah. I think that would be the number one way to grow long drive because the amount of fire coming out of that would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Especially like I said, when you watch this video with him where he's like on the ground, Yeah, but for the spectators, just, I don't know how much the guys would agree to that because injuries do come in. That's a lot. 600 and, you know right. balls in an hour is a lot it's a lot yeah how do these guys recover from that do you exactly. think do you think martin just jumped in an ice bath and like slept in it overnight you think you do freeze your body for real freeze I mean, everything come but, back but out. i know even like kyle i think he didn't he struggle with an injury last year i can't see a guy like yeah, kyle wrist, going for I think. that yeah i think because of the fact that because of the the injury but i think they're healthy again he might do i it. think it's their wrist of the things that are in question yeah, you realize the force you put on that anyway let's move on to the next thing because i also want to talk about um this whole thing with Patrick Reed. Yeah, right? what's Patty up to these days? So to bring you up to speed, what happened was the DP World Tour 
and it, it, this this live thing, it, it's not going away anytime soon with this back and forth drama. So if you think it is, it, trust me, it's not because there's too many tours involved. There's too many other things like that. And this was specifically not only that the, the ruling was was tough, and I'm going to pull up the um, the article here now, um, which got the full article on Golficity today, but back when if you remember the DP world tour had issued a bunch of the guys fines for competing in a, another tour, which was live. Right. They had issued, I think it was a hundred thousand dollar fines to all the guys. So live all the live guys sued the DP world tour and pushed back on it. Mm. It ended up going to arbitration and they lost that case in arbitration. Okay. Basically the decision means that the, the, a European tour, which is the DP World Tour, has the right to sanction players who play in conflicting events without their permission. It's another way it kind of shows that these tours kind of own these guys. Exactly. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. But the where it really kind of rubbed Reed and some of the other guys the wrong way is I guess the decision was made about two months ago in arbitration, but it wasn't announced until the first day of the Masters. So it oh. rubbed them the wrong way that did you hang on to this purposely to kind of, you know, throw us for a loop at the masters or to put mm. that damper because it was a news story, a big news story that ran that week. And who it's, decides, sorry, who decides to put it out that week? Is it the lawyers? Is it the PGA tour? Is it the DP world tour? I like, guess who's putting that out. That's I guess it's so the, arbitra- the arbitration. So the arbitration, let me see here. It was done by, uh, it's a, it's a group called Sports Resolutions. They're, they're a UK-based arbitration panel ma- made up of three retired judges. Hmm. And it, I guess it was a sealed ruling until they unsealed it. And I guess the live guys had heard about it, I think, the day before, like the night before the Masters, and then it rolled out. So he thought it was like it, it was like a, some sort of like a motivated dig to, to saying it wasn't coincidental. It was planned. Uh, this is what Reed was saying. He said, I believe it was planned uh, because they, they did it the first day of the Masters. Mm-hmm. So when he was asked uh, here, Reed, um, he, he was asked if they were wrong. And basically, uh, let me see the exact thing because I don't want to trip this up. He had said, Reed was asked, would he be considering further legal action based on this, based on when it was announced, stuff like that? He said, yes, I am. I will always and have always planned to play as a proud member of the DP World Tour. Currently, I would be in around the top eight in the Race to Dubai rankings if my name was included in the season's published list. So hmm. it looks like Reed, at least, is one of the guys who's willing to keep fighting this. Okay. And is going to continue to pursue legal action until he feels like he gets his resolution, which I believe would be Why the not play just on let the tour. It go? Well, you know, at this his point. argument is that, right, well, I guess you can make right. both sides. You could say, if your argument to join Live was that you wanted to play less golf, yep. that's what these guys said, play less golf, be home with the families more, they make, they're making the big bucks on Live, mm-hmm. they don't need to supplement their income elsewhere, mm-hmm. right? Right. I, that could be one camp says, if that's your argument, then yes, why do you continue to fight the DP World Tour to play over there mm-hmm. or fight the PGA Tour? to play over there. I get right. it. There's other people who might say, well, these guys are competitors. They're going to want to play other places. They're mm-hmm. going to want to chase the big money. That's all that's still out there it on the table. It could be a recurring problem. But the other one is this, the big elephant in the room. Now this wouldn't be for Reed. 
This would be for the European guys. But in order to qualify for the Ryder Cup, you have you have to be a this is on the European team. You have to be European and you have to be a member of the DP World Tour. If you are and you qualify through one of the six spots, you'll be on the Ryder Cup. So there are going to be guys who are going to be fighting to get those Ryder Cup spots. So what I'm saying is like, this is not going away. Look for a whole lot of live debate when we get closer to the end of the year when the Ryder Cup comes back around. Because although we've seen the majors all not exempt them, right? there's going to be qualifying things and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it's going to get muddy and messy, I think, on both sides. And it also is interesting about the Ryder Cup because... Brooks Kepka. I was just about to look that got up. He got Ryder Cup right? points for <laughs> his finish at the Masters and Phil as well and right. Reed and like all these guys are getting Ryder Cup points that they haven't been getting right. while on live. And if you're going to go to the Ryder Cup without Brooks Kepka, like yeah. that's crazy. Well, then so that goes. They got to figure something out for the Ryder Cup and live, and they got to figure it out. You were seventeenth on the list. Well, that goes back to what you were saying. Like, why do these guys want that? That's the other camp. The other camp is, at this point, the only way for any of these live guys to pick up any type of Ryder Cup or official World Golf Rankings points Mm -hmm. is either in one of the four majors. Right. They've got to play great in all the four majors. Yep. Or if they can play in some of these DP or other. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Basically, they're looking for those chances. So you say there is a chance. Brooks Kepka could be on the USA Ryder Cup team. And if you're the captain, if he and wins you the next two majors and he pops up to fourth on the list, that's the only season thing. ends. Theoretically, unless, unless, which it, this is held by the, the, remember, the Ryder Cup is the PGA, not the PGA Tour. Right. Unless the PGA came out and said, being on live disqualifies you from being in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, that's the word we want to But hear. the thing is, the PGA is letting them in the, in the PGA Championship. Right. So I don't, they would be totally talking out of both sides of their mouth if they don't let them in. But your the answer is yes. They need to play outstanding in the majors in order to get those points get because they don't have any other way to make no points. no captain's picking them. I, yeah, I highly doubt it. I can't see Zach Johnson grabbing Brooks, even though he's hot as yeah, anything. That's everything why. If you want to win the Ryder Cup, if your He'll goal stick to his is to win the Ryder Cup, Zach Johnson, you're picking Brooks. He'll never let Brooks it down. They won't let it competitive and he's one of the best golfers in the world you want brooks on your team no matter what well i mean he showed us a lot at the at the the uh the masters but also don't forget on the u.s side there's a lot of guys that you could you'd have to sit somebody else for brooks there's a lot of great yeah well zalatoris is on the list and he's he's out so zalatoris is out there's a spot open if Uh, you go just based on the masters there's Dude. no other American that you want than Brooks. Yeah, but you can't joke. Scheffler, Homa, Young, Spieth, Burns, Cantlay, Morikawa, JT, Shoffley, Kitayama, and Thigala are like the top 12 there. I get that, but also you're talking about Brooks I know. Kepka, who always Brooks. shows up for these big events. And yeah, if it comes Brooks. down to captain's picks, I guarantee Zach Johnson's taking a PGA Tour guy every time. Well, that's just the thing, because if we go back, remember Stenson lost his captainship because of it, right? Because he went to live. So, so there's definitely a certain underneath bias that I think if it came down to two guys in a captain's pick, yeah. and I think he's going with the non-live guy. Of course, every time. But who knows? I think I think we've got still a lot of months ahead of us. The I think a lot of ways the way the live guys are, no no they didn't win, like Kepka didn't win. It was good PR for them, how a bunch of them showed up, Phil and the other guys, to Mm -hmm. play well in the Masters. There were no issues, no problems, no fights. If they have three more majors that way, Mm -hmm. 
it might turn the tide of how a captain might think about it. But totally. regardless, these guys right now live is pure exhibition. They're not getting any points out of it. They're making money, but they're not getting any points or any official World Golf rankings. So these guys, all the cards, all their eggs are in the basket of the majors right That's now. That's it. That's Liv, right. Live should get their own Ryder Cup team. It's U.S. versus Europe versus Live. Yeah, the other thing is the That'd PGA so Tour funny. would never. Would no, never obviously, but yeah. it would just yeah. be hilarious. You, I could see them doing their break, own Ryder Cup of some sort. I could see that. Live, but but you, you would definitely break some pay per view and other records if you did a Live versus PGA Tour or whatever event. No doubt. Um, mm -hmm. but regardless, a lot remains to be seen, but that's yet another thing. And, and I'd be interested as with everything with you guys in the comments, drop comment below. What did you think about the ruling being dropped on the first day of the masters? Do you think that was intentional or coincidental? Um, and what do you think as, as far as Reed's position to continue to chase it and litigate it as much as he can? Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of, you could make arguments in both directions. So we'd love to hear about it in the meantime, let's do a quick break for a word from our sponsors then i want to get back i want to talk about rory which has been in the mix with these elevated these designated events and i want to break down this designated event schedule because when i really looked at it i didn't realize how brutal it was. it's so. getting it's shaping up to be pretty wild yeah. these guys are having to play a lot of golf mm -hmm. so let's let's do a quick break do a word from our sponsors we're going to hop right back into it all right, guys, the hours have been put in, the work has been done, and as the moment approaches, you either fear it or you feel it. For Titleist, it's a moment filled with pure anticipation. It's a combination of a relentless pursuit of speed in every form, so step up and settle in with confidence with the Titleist TSR. The new TSR drivers, they take everything that made the TSI the number one driver on tour and pack even more performance into every head. In fact, I watched that little docu-series that they did. Incredible how they talked about things like even bringing in those aerodynamics you know, specialists, guys who worked at NASA and things like yep. that, to really refine that. And what they got from that was even more speed. You had that new face technologies, that CG improvements, aerodynamic refinements, as I was saying. And when everything Move the, moves the needle, you're playing at Titleist speed. Not to mention, you and I, talking about TSR, just got fit for the new TSR hybrids. That's right. Which were really mm -hmm. incredible. You guys, we'll, we'll do a whole video on that really soon so you can check that out. But we've been playing the TSR drivers for a few months now. Absolutely love them. Sure, you'll love them as well. So go to Titleist.com to learn more about the TSR medals. Make sure you schedule your fitting. Whenever we do these, we always get fit, and that's where we see some really incredible gains. So go check that out. Titleist TSR, find your faster. All right, guys, the season's here. I know a lot of you are getting back out on the course. It's time to step up your footwear game. The all-new Hyperflex and Hyperflex carbon shoes from FootJoy. Guys, these things are sick. I mean, they deliver hyperpower, hyper-control, and hyper-fit for elite tour caliber performance um, they're seriously powerful but but comfortable i mean that's important they're comfortable shoes you know you can walk around feeling great uh zach's gonna throw me one look at these things if you guys are watching this on youtube or on facebook check this out look how pretty right i mean the color patterns they come in multiple colors too uh there's an all white there's ones with some blue accents in it but i love the pink we love this it's yeah, such a cool no thing doubt. but you know they keep you in place um for hyper control i mean it's important because all foot joy thinks about is how to design a shoe that helps you play better Guys, this is equipment, whether you believe it or not. Shoes are golf equipment. They keep you dialed in with this hyperfit because a shoe that doesn't fit 
it reduces your power input. I mean, and that's just a fact. So check out the new Hyperflex and the Hyperflex Carbon today. Go check it out at footjoy.com. We still have the best deal out there right now for Tommy John. But it's going away soon. It is going away so soon. So don't miss it. So you have to act quickly. The Tommy John 360 un underwear, we love it. It's our favorite collection. feels like that second skin. And I'm going to tell you for all the reasons why we love it. Uh, they're comfortable to wear every single day. They have the mesh cooling zones with that contour pouch, uh, the antimicrobial and the anti-odor technology, which is very important. That stay put waistband, it won't roll or bunch or pinch or all that. It just keeps it comfortable while you're playing golf, while you're at the gym, while you're running, jogging, whatever you're doing, you don't have to worry about it. They have the quick draw fly, horizontal fly, quick access. You got to relieve yourself. Nature calls. You can get there. Loads of color options. And they come in four, six, and eight inch boxer brief inseams, and they size all the way up to 4XL. So you have no excuse. You will thank us, guys, when you yes. order a pair. Yes. I promise you, you will. And like I said, it's the best deal out there. You got to use the code GOLFICITY, that's G-O-L-F-I-C-I-T-Y, for 25% off your entire order. Like Frank said, hurry up because it is expiring. TommyJohn.com. Check it out. All right, so let's dive back into this. So first of all, you had the RBC Heritage last week, which was, uh, I, I'm loving as a fan as a spectator i'm loving the designated events because i love these stacked leaderboards yeah i mean we mm -hmm. saw it, it, it culminated in a great playoff mm -hmm. you know uh you had spieth with that final putt and fitzpatrick was just sticking pins at the end it feels almost like a major and yeah. i think that that's what they wanted they know that that drives viewership um so i'm i'm really impressed by that and i love that but the question that we have is that is it becoming a little bit too grueling on these guys? Are they pushing them a little bit too hard? Now, I, I get it. Everyone's going to say the argument would be like, how sorry? I can only cry so many tears for these guys. They're playing for $20 million every week, right? Mm -hmm. I get it. And the, the, the money comes with the work. Um, Who's kicking in for the elevation purse? Is it the, the sponsors? the sponsors. So if next week is <clears throat> the Zurich, Zurich's not kicking in the money. It's not a designated. But here's the thing. I think what they're doing is year over year, they're going to alternate which ones are the designated so that certain ones don't just become like second tier events. Gotcha. That's what I And I think it's basically like they're telling the sponsor, you're either in or you're out. Mm -hmm. So they are making these sponsors pay more. The value proposition to the sponsors is you're going to have a stacked field and everyone's going to watch this event. Yeah. So more people watch, you get more bang for your buck. But next year, maybe not, is what they're saying. Well, no, they're saying like, but next RBC thing, next year you could be an eight million right next event. year if you're not in an event they're saying like yeah you don't have to pay as we're much we're just letting you know that. we're not telling we're telling you we're not you know I think that's they're basically okay. dictating it got it but this because of this in order to make this system work the the big names have to play in the events now yep. Rory was a big part of structuring this remember the players meetings that they did mm -hmm. and things like the Tiger and all these guys sure Rory was a big part of this Rory's been one of the biggest champions of it mm-hmm and Rory goes and misses this week, missing his second designated event of the season. Now, in the deal, these guys were only allowed to miss one designated event. Because Rory missed this, he now misses out on 25% of his player incentive program deal. So it literally cost Rory $3 million to, to miss the event last week. Yeah. Now, as you were but saying at the top of the show, we haven't heard anything official from Rory of why he, he decided to skip the event. He did miss the cut at the Masters the week before. Could there be a little bit of an injury? I don't know. I would think if there was, he would have said something. I think it's mental. I even think I heard some announcers say like he called up Bob Rotel. He's trying to get his head right. Mm. 
And maybe he was just like, I need to just shelf the game right now. I don't care what it's going to cost me. This is me speculating. I don't know. Could be. But look, Rory proved to us like at the end of last year when he out of nowhere won the FedEx Cup. Mm -hmm. I remember he was saying even he didn't believe that his game was there. And all of a sudden things just clicked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So things may come back together for him. But a lot of the other players kind of weighed in. I remember like Joel Damon uh, was saying like, uh, you know, basically I feel like Rory was leading the charge on the changes that have been made um, and helped make the rules. He knew what the rules are. So... Uh, he knew what was coming. He also has so much money. He doesn't care about the three million. That's about the fact that he's right. missing out on three million. Um, I, I forget who the other guy was. I saw another quote from somebody else in the field. I think it was Shawfley who was saying like it was a little bit ironic. Um, yeah. yeah, he goes. Xander Shawfley says rules are rules. So I mean, for the most part, a lot of what uh, he wants is is what's happening. The irony is that he's not here. <laughs> and by that he means what what he wanted and what a lot of the guys want right. was what we got at the RBC, which was like a killer event to watch with a huge field. But then Rory wasn't there, so that was I, a weird one. Dare I ask why Tiger doesn't have to be there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, right? Well, you, that's a great question. Is Tiger going to miss his whole? He was the winner of the pit, right? But why is he not supposed to be at these designated events? Great question. That's the best question that we've asked on this podcast. Yeah. Why? Has anyone ever asked that yet? Or is Monaghan just like Tiger? We know you got your limitations. You come and go as you please. It's probably what it is. I wonder if that's it. I wonder if, as with a lot of things with the tournament, there are injury exemptions. Because what does Tiger do? I hate to say this, but what is he doing for the tour right now? Are they showing up to the four events that aren't owned by the PGA Tour only? He he played the Genesis. And the Genesis because it was his his host event. event. Right. And probably he will be in the Bahamas for the hero. Might play it, might not. Didn't right. play but it last that's year. That's it. But, you, but you're right. The four majors are not PGA Tour events. So the question could be said, what is Tiger doing for the tour if he's not playing? <laughs> What's Tiger doing for the game? <laughs> What's Tiger doing for me today? <laughs> Poor guy's got screws coming out of his leg. Did I know. you hear that Yeah, one? that's nuts, dude. That's nuts. Jason Day said one of the screws was coming out. Oh, but through his skin. Not just coming like out of the bone or anything. Casual. It was stabbing. Through his was this during foot, the Masters? Is during the PGA? Oh, last that's right. Year. It's Southern Hills. Yes, yes. Right. which is disgusting to even think about. Yeah, but kick him off the tour, Doug. <laughs> Tiger should be at every event, every designated event. Oh my God, that's so. That's just. I, I just. I, there's too many jokes that can come out yeah, of that. But of course. I think that to answer your question, although I don't know specifically, I would imagine it's because people are are and on the tour are aware of tiger's injury and they're not forcing him to play it right because why would you want to lose him for even longer does and the reason he forfeits his pip that's a great question i don't know and i'm wondering maybe tiger's the last guy on earth who matters the purses are where they are because of him anyway right exactly (laughs) so i'm sure the players don't care i feel like with rory there's got to be something going on in the background that he's not saying, whether it's a family emergency, whether it's injury, something like that. I can't imagine he would just skip this event outright because he didn't play well at the Masters. After all that he's been saying these last couple months, I just don't see it happening like that. And I think over the next couple weeks, something will come out and he is going to have some sort of exemption and he's not going to get his pit money taken away. I almost mm. guarantee. I, think, uh, I wonder if it's too late. I think, honestly, it was just meant. I think the guy is just like, I just missed the cut at the event I wanted to win most this year and mentally prepared to win the most this year. Right. I mean, I'm embarrassed with myself. Say, yeah, it could be like, yeah. Uh, but just taking we'll a, a little mental health break, he could be. Um, but we would have seen that, though, I feel like. I feel like he would have come out and said something along the lines of no. like, 
You're he right. He should have by now. You think he would, but on the same token, like there's two things. There's one, like actively putting out a statement. That's why I think there's more going on in this story. But that's what I mean is, like, up. where you may still hear it is like what Mike was saying. There's a difference between like actively putting out a statement to the press versus the next time you're in front of the press and get the question. It's totally possible. The next yeah. time he plays and he's got to do the press conference, they ask him, why'd you miss the RBC? And it might come out then, I had to take a mental health right. break, whatever it may be. Imagine he showed up in Australia and joined Liv. Would that shake oh. the entire <laughs> golf world like no other? Talk about a bomb drop. Rory's got, It'll never happen. Rory's got two Rolexes, one on each hand. <laughs> just like They paid him $800 million. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I, ultimately, like we'll see. But the optics for right now aren't great on a guy who championed it so You're much right. and then was not. It looks bad. It was not there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tiger hits his own story. I mean, it, why? You know, he's he's just not he's not as healthy as he can't he can't he get in can't, there and play every week. He can't be there. Um, There's enough, but you know what? And even John Rahm, that whole situation has poured the gasoline on the Rory fire, right? Because now he looks like the poster child for the PGA Tour. Exactly, it's been a switch of profile. And to give you a little backdrop on that, like traditionally, if you win the Masters, traditionally you withdraw from the next week's event, and it's largely because these guys go on a media the media place. circus. Yeah, they yeah. go on all the, the you know late night shows. They do all that type of stuff. Right, Rom still went and played the RBC and I thought his quote was just fantastic and and I've been I was a Rom fan before but now I'm even more endeared to the guy mm-hmm. because he said what about I think about those kids who bought tickets and were going that week cuz they wanted to see the you know the master champ Champ. play I'm not going to disappoint them and after that grueling week winning the masters and I'm and all the press he did he still went and played and there was another funny quote being how much he's just as addicted to the game as the rest of us he, even when he said even when I go to take a day off yeah I'm paraphrasing here I'll be chipping by the afternoon right he's like he's so addicted but this is wrong this is what the PGA tour this is quickly becoming the PGA tour darling Rom mm-hmm. goes out there plays not only plays after his round he jumps in the booth puts the, the puts things on he's doing some he's doing some of the broadcast yeah you know, you know, absolutely. There's a guy who like all in. Yeah, all in. And I think he's a great he's a great face for the game. I think he's a he's a great role model for kids. Yeah. In a lot of ways, because he's also he shows his emotions. He shows his fiery side. He does show it. You know, I, I, it's like we should start the, in a lot of ways. You're absolutely right. And we should petition to get John Rahm on the show. <laughs> start the petition now, everyone. Let's go. Fantastic. But but that's what I mean. Like I thought that, and you're right. That that served as this kind of counterpoint to Rory not being there. Now I yep. don't want to immediately take anything away from Rory. Rory has been there and stood up for the tour and stuff other things a lot of ways. And no matter what side of the the live argument you're on, mm-hmm. I think in a way you have to respect the fact that he's willing to put his 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 voice to it. Um, but it was it seemed so counter to all that when he sat this week out. But let's quickly talk about this schedule. Because I guess you could very much make an argument that the number of designated events and the way they have them played could be burning these guys out a little bit. Yeah. You said There's there was a lot, lot of stacked, moderate right? So so you've already had, what, five or six designated events? Six events started with the first one of the season, the century. And we just had a back-to-backer, if you want the Masters followed by the RBC. And when we say designated event, we're talking about the events with the bigger purse where these guys have to play as far as being in that, that leaderboard. They can only miss one. Correct. And we're not talking about the majors. because the majors We're not talking about the majors. Tour. So we've already had one major. We've had all those designated events. I believe Look, the players was also an elevated. It was. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. Um, 
elevated event too. That, that's what they're calling it, right? Designated, 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 my bad. Designated uh, with I, an I elevated purse, whatever yeah. it is. However designated you want to treat it. Looking forward at the schedule, there is not much break here. So you've got the Zurich this week, which is that the uh, team event. Frank's favorite. Frank's event. favorite. My favorite event, right? <laughs> Go back to older episodes to find out why. I I just I, I just feel like it, it can be fun, but it's not always the you most. You feel it's a little gimmicky event with the with the team, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not the most to watch. I think of. I think this week the Zurich has one of the coolest stories in golf. If it happens, um, Fitzpatrick is playing with his brother, his I believe younger brother who plays on the Corn, Corn Ferry, Ferry Tour. Tour. Yeah, sure. And if they end up winning, he'll effectively secure his brother a pga tour card cool and that would that? be so cool that would be pretty insane i'd like to see george and wesley playing that if they can ever do that the brian brothers that would be sick. that would be cool that'd be cool that but i don't be... think george is on the, tour to and do the that. vlog to come off of that yeah would be yeah. sweet that would be something so what do we got so the so zurich's the, a week off you got the zurich <laughs> for some people <laughs> come on a week off no no for a lot of people there isn't going to be that much of a stack Shuffling field you'll can't see lay are the defending champs they are the biggest names i think there. And then, so you've got you've got the Zurich. These are not designated events. The Zurich and the Mexico Open. Uh, John Rahm, though, is the the what do you call it? The reigning champ for the Mexico Open. So he'll so be you back might to play. see Rahm play in that. Yeah. So that's the next two weeks. Awesome. But then listen to this: the pace of this, right? You've got the Wells Fargo, which is a Quail Hollow. That's always got a nice stacked field. Designated event, yep. twenty million dollar purse. Yep. Week after that, you have. Uh, the AT and T Byron Nelson, which is not a designated this year, mm-hmm. so some guys because of the scrolling schedule, I'm guaranteed will sit that one out. Then you back that up with the PGA Championship, which they're going to play. Yeah, right. Then you have the the Charles Schwab, non designated, but the Memorial designated event. Of course, Jack. Now Close. we're going to go every other week, right? The RBC Canadian Open, non designated U.S. Open, they're going to all play in it. U.S. Open then backs up with the Travelers Championship, which is a designated event. Coast to coast to coast. But let me. Yeah, Do you think they're doing that to not have the week after majors be low viewership? Do you think? The, I think you're because right. Because now it they're two be. for two designated events right the weekend after yes. majors. Because so. you would get this major hangover, right? Like where people wouldn't want to go it. from L.A. to the Travelers. That's. That's but that's the thing. I want to talk about that back and forth. But the yeah. one thing I will say is that after the Travelers, though, the Disney events calm down. I think you're going to hit a little lull in the schedule because you've got you the do. Rocket Mortgage, the John Deere, uh, the Barbasol, which is also the week of the Scottish Open. And a lot of guys will go overseas to prep for the Open Championship. Yep. You got the Barracuda, which is an alternate event for the most part. The Open Championship. And then you got the 3M Open. No more designated events in all of July. Until we get back to the FedEx Cup, which the FedEx Cup that starts off with the FedEx St. Jude Championship is the next, you know, I guess. So why are they here. saying the RSM is going to be super important for guys to secure their card? Because that's the last opportunity. It's probably because it's the last opportunity. Before the, I guess before this fall, this new fall thing kicks off. But listen to this. Let's, that's say, you're a whole one of your, conversation. let's say you're one yeah. of the top tier guys who needs to play in these things. Mm. And this is what your schedule becomes. It becomes... Wells Fargo in North Carolina. Let's say you take the next week off. You're Byron Nelson. Then you're going to New York to Rochester to play in the PGA Championship. You've got the Charles Schwab the week after. So this this one is 
uh, Zach, to answer your question, there is one. There's no designated event at the week after that um, major, so maybe not. So the Schwab, they'll just chill. That's usually in Texas. Right. Then you've got the Memorial Tournament, which is in Ohio. Everyone will be there for that. Some guys, even though it's not designated, remember, Rory is is the, um, the reigning champ here. Some guys will go to Toronto to play the, RB, the RBC Canadian Open. I'm thinking Rory. Think about what he is, is the case point. And he can't miss any. He can't miss any more designated events. Rory would probably play in Ohio for the Memorial. Next week, shoot up to the um, RBC Canadian Open in Toronto. Then the following week, you got talk about time zone change. You got to shoot over to LA to play in the US Open. And the week after that, you're coming back to Connecticut to play in another Disney event in the tra- Travelers. That's a rough month right there. Probably explains why he took this past week off. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm wondering like, if he's thinking like, A, I got to get my head straight. B, the, yeah, the I got to get travel, my stuff together for this he, stretch. You're away from your family. Yep. And this is like, I get it. The argument a lot of people made about Liv and like the schedule. Yeah. In the PGA Tour, in order to compete with Liv, is creating a scenario that could be very difficult it's for grueling. these guys. So does Rory have to cut the PGA Tour a check for $3 million? No. He Has just, that already been paid he out doesn't, to him? I think he just doesn't collect on it. I think it's not paid out. A lot of these are paid out like slowly. Annuities, annuities. yeah. Mm. But keep this in mind. Just keeping Rory as the, as the case. Rory's got the difficult decision to make in June, right, of either sitting out the RBC where he's the defending, defending champ, champ and that no one's going to like not that. Not after what Rom said. Right. He's no not going to do gonna it. like that. Assume he's there. Go he ahead. He either has to sit that out. He's not missing that. Or he basically has to play everything. Because every it, it goes it goes designated he's not, event. He's not going to miss Jack's place. Yep. He's not going to miss your US RBC. Open. He would never miss. Not going to miss it. Travelers the Travelers, I could see him pull out of that. That's a coast to coast three week stretch. What I'm saying is if he pulls out, he pulled out of a third Another three million dollars. Yes. <laughs> It'll cost him three more million more. And the backlash. Let's see how he recovers from this backlash, and then we'll get a better picture if he dares to pull out of another one again. And I get what a lot of people, they'll make the argument these guys fly private jets. They do all those type of stuff. It's still It's still grueling to me to go from- Time zone changes. To go Ohio, Toronto, Los Angeles, Connecticut, all in the same month, week after week. And golf tournaments are full weeks for them because they're on the course as soon as they get there Monday through Sunday. Yeah. And they're getting on a plane and doing it again. Right. Assuming they make the cut, they're there all week. Yep. Um, and then plus the prep that goes into the U S open, I wouldn't even be surprised if some of these guys are flying back and forth and just trying to preview the course and playing Los Angeles country club, country club. Yeah. So now you're just all over the place. Now you're all over the place. But the way that they stacked it, I, I tell you, and I wouldn't be surprised if you get more pushback from more players you will. that this, they got to raise this maximum. It can't be just, you miss, you know, you can only miss one designated yeah. per year. I think these guys are gonna say we you gotta build it in where we can miss two or three designated events. Yeah. But then do they become as as much pull? If you have the, the option for these guys to miss it, don't forget the whole idea behind the designated event, the elevated purse. Because mm. now who's gonna push back next is the sponsors right. who are gonna say, I'm not putting twenty million dollars up if, if these guys aren't there. Yeah, that's right. And look what these guys are getting. Fourth place last week at a mill. Yeah. And the non designated events, that's lucky if they scratch 100, 150,000. Right. It's a big payday difference. It's a big payday. But what do you guys think about that schedule? Do you think it's too grueling? Do you think maybe we're just, you know, we're giving them too much slack that that the, these guys are pros flying private. They should be able to, to handle this. I don't know. I just wonder if there's a certain degree of burnout there. And especially when I look at a weeks like that, where you're just like, you're all over the place back yeah. and forth. It's not like just like the, the LA or the, the California, the Florida swing where you're there for a couple of weeks. Now you're going 
here, 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 and you're all, all over. All, the and, and you're still probably recovering from, um, or, or, or actually, you're prepping yourself to go overseas over the, the pond. Open. I know. And I would. See, and I, the FedEx Cup playoffs didn't even happen. Yet. <laughs> right. The, I, the FedEx Cup playoffs kick off two weeks, three oh, weeks after the. Oh, U- and by the, the way, the Ryder Cup's right after that <laughs> right. in Italy. It's like yeah, yeah, it's a tough year. I could see a lot of people end up. Obviously, I don't want this to happen, but I could see a lot of people having injuries very similar to Zalatoris, where something goes wrong in their back because they're playing back to back to back to back to back weeks with a lot of travel. I I just don't necessarily think it's the best thing for the tour. And if you want the best like play from these athletes at these designated events and at the majors then you're going to have to give them some more time to rest True. and recover. It Who just says they have to play sense. every week? Why do we have to have a tournament every week? Yeah, well, I mean, that's just the nature of the tour for so long. But it, it does bring up a point. The other thing, too, is how long the schedule is grueling. Don't forget, the schedule goes from Ju- from January, the first week in January, which is the first designated event. I thought the schedule started the year before. I thought it, it started it does. It does now. I'm, I'm thinking calendar yeah. year, but you're right. With the wraparound schedule... Mm-hmm. You can make the argument it never ends. But I'm saying for your top tier players who are playing in the designated events at the very least, they got to play the first week in January. They're playing through the tour championship, which is the end of August. And then they're prepping for the Ryder Cup in September. So they're playing their full, what I would consider their full on season from January until September. Yeah. And and some of them won't even be able to get the break after that because that's what I was saying before. When the fall season starts... Yeah, that's the season where a lot of people are going to be forced to play to keep their card. Right, which starts effectively with with in September with the Fortnet Championship. Exactly, and so, then you've got Sanders and Farm, Shriners, Zozo. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if these live guys continue posting really good results in majors because they're not going to be playing rested. as much. They're going to be rested. Their games are going to be dialed in. You'll see. Yeah. And these other the PGA Tour guys, they're going to be tired. They're going to be worn out potentially. I think- and and you you're you're gonna if it, if it stays that grueling I think what you're gonna get is you're gonna get a lot of talk about like you know whoever wins this year is who stays healthy you know I think of it That's like it, in yeah. football the team that stays the healthiest often is like the ones that make yeah, it to the playoffs right it could be the same thing but interesting stuff there's a lot going on so let us know in the comments what you guys think about that think about the schedule are you liking the Disney event do you think you know, it's too much for these guys. Let us know and keep following along with that world long drive because it's just going to keep going back and <laughs> forth. And and I'm very interested to see if we've got a, a place where we're going to plateau or if these guys are going to keep leveling each other yeah. up. We got to go to the... I'm going to throw my towel in, in the ring. Okay, sure. <laughs> Mike today posted 156 ball speed. Just ball speed, guys. Yeah. We got to go to that world championship because... I think it would be the coolest thing ever seeing those guys It'd be cool to hit see those, those long person, balls yeah. in person. I would love to see it in person myself. Yeah. It's just, it's wild stuff. But anyway, thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Weigh in in the comments, and we'll see you next week.